Okay. Look this over. Okay. <clears throat> Genesis, Exodus, chapter 2. Well, I can't. I got to start with chapter 1. <laughs> okay. Exodus, chapter 1. You remember this from last week, but this is just to kick us in drive. Verse 17 of chapter 1. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, and he and the people multiplied, and they became very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he established households for them. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, you, and your Bible might said to the Hebrews, are cast into to the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. So he said for the for the for the uh, midwives to kill them and that didn't work so he's now he's now saying okay egyptians uh you know the hebrews around you if they have a baby be sure they throw it in the nile uh and so that's where we pick up in chapter two this morning chapter two now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she couldn't <clears throat> hide him no longer, she got him a, a wicker basket and covered it over with pitch and tar and pitch, and then put the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen. The daughter of Pharaoh came down and bathed at the Nile and with her maidens walked along the side of the Nile and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she said, and brought it to her. When she opened it, <clears throat> she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying and, had pity, and she had pity on him. This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then the sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall, <clears throat> shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Uh, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew and she became, and he became Pharaoh's, uh, excuse me, the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. Verse 1 again, now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. I have given you some scripture, and I've done this for a couple of reasons, just for conservation of time, number one. 
and where you would you won't have to do a bunch of flipping it's all right there in front of you and all of these scriptures are from the new american standard but uh, we find out later we'll cover this again when we get to chapter six but we see chapter six that the house of levi a man from the house of levi went and married a daughter of levi and 620 tells us that his name was Amram, the, the married his father's sister. Now you'll have to do the genealogy of that. Man married his father's sister, uh, Jacobed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses, and the length of Aram, Aram's life was 137 years. Then in Exodus 15:20, we found that Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister took the tremble in her hand and all the women went out with her and they danced. What I'm trying to establish here that this couple had three children. They had Moses, they had Aaron, and they had Miriam here. In this particular case, this was the baby boy from all accounts because uh, we, we We'll see another scripture in a minute. So the woman <clears throat> saw this, or she conceived, she bore a son, and he was beautiful, and she hid him for three months. Warren Wiersbe, who is a very folksy writer, and you, you understand uh, him, um, and he has a thing in here. He says, whenever God wants to do something real great in a lot of times it involves the birth of a baby this is what he says when the Lord wants to accomplish a mighty work he often starts by sending a baby this was true when he sent Isaac Joseph Samuel John the Baptist and especially Jesus if you stop and think about those those births, you know, they were all extraordinary. You know, Sarah, 90 years old, giving birth to Isaac, you know. And then we had Joseph, which was uh, the, the union between uh, Jacob and Rebecca, the girl that he really loved, you know. And then Samuel, you know, Hannah gave him to, to Eli there in the temple, and he ministered in the temple and was the first prophet that we have in the Old Testament. John the Baptist, you know, and somebody through all of this business with abortion rights and what says that the, the first the first child to greet Jesus was a fetus. That John the Baptist, when he was in Elizabeth's womb, he leaped, you know, at the sound of him. And then Jesus, the conception that we have that was immaculate, and uh, he became man. There's another bit of trivia in these first 20 verses here uh, that's very interesting to me. That in the first 20 verses, we talk about the daughter of Levi. We talk about a sister. We talk about the daughter of Pharaoh. We talk about Hebrew women. We talk about seven daughters. 
and nobody is called by name. All these ladies had a significant role to play, and yet Moses didn't think it was important to write them down until he got to verse, verse uh, 21 uh, when he named Zipporah. And we'll get to that in just a minute. And that might not mean a thing to anybody else, but I thought it was cute. <laughs> anyway, I have another thing to say about the ladies in a minute. So, <clears throat> I, told, I told you last week, you know, we are influenced by a lot of different things. We're influenced by the songs we, we sing. Sometimes it's good theology and sometimes it's terrible theology. But we get it kicked in our head and we can understand that, you know. Uh, and sometimes we play it again and play it again and play it again. Um, if you weren't here last week to hear Llewellyn sing The Great Pretender and Pat thought about it all week. So anyway, we, it's these things that come to play. Well, I remember is in elementary department, these big posters that the teachers had. If you grew up in a Baptist church, you know these big posters. And one of the stories we were told were, were where uh, Moses was in a basket, you know, among the reeds. And you see Moses in the basket, you know. And one of the things that leaked out to me in scriptures this morning, uh, or when I was uh, uh, reading this in, uh, in verse uh, 5 and 6, the daughter of Pharaoh came to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking along the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her, her maid, and she brought her to her, verse 6, when she opened it. Well, I didn't see any lid on the thing when I was in elementary <laughs> class, but it makes it kind of makes sense now. But it was a box or whatever, you know, and it had a lid on it, and and it was there for for that. And and it's another irony here that um, in the <laughs> in one part of the the word, maybe not totally what Pharaoh had in mind, but Moses' mother threw him in the Nile. But she was in a basket when she threw him in the Nile. So anyway, um, we see God's sovereignty working through this thing all the time. God is in total control and he does what he wants to do and he uses people to do what he wants to do and his sovereignty is, is here. And we'll see it all through the book of Exodus how, how God is leading and guiding and being what he needs and doing what he needs to do. Verse 7, when his sister, now we know his sister's name now is Miriam. So Miriam... Uh, said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And verse 8, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. But now if you look back up at verse 4, you know, either the mother or the dad said, Miriam, you watch the boy. Because she said his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. 
we don't know a lot of the details, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I recently watched um, the Ten Commandments again, uh, three and a half hours of it. And the first part of it was pure theatrical, you know. It's, it's don't, don't get your Bible out. It won't, it won't jihad with it, you know. But, but this scene that they had here where, where she found the child, you know, and she called, she called for, for the child's mother, verse 8. And another little thing here, verse 9. When Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take the child away and nurse it for me and I'll pay you. So she got to she got to nurse her own baby, keep her own child, and get paid for it. So again, you know, the Lord's sovereignty coming in here. Verse 10, the child grew and he brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of water. Last week we rode, we wrote, excuse me, we read Acts 7, which was Stephen's sermon, and he, he has a lot to say with it. So look at the, the text I've written there for you, and let's look at a couple of verses there, and uh, we'll see. It was at this time that Moses was born, and he was lovely in the sight of God. Now this is Stephen talking to his accusers there in the New Testament. He was nurtured three months in his father's home, and after that he'd been set outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as his own. Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians and was a man of power in word and deed. This was gonna come to play and we'll see it a little bit further when we, he goes before Pharaoh begging to let my people go. Uh, he knew, he knew the the system he knew the house he knew everything about it because God had put him there planning him for this particular time let's read beginning with verse 11 now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew one of his brethren so he looked this way and that, and when he saw that there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other. And he said to the offender, Why are you striking your companion? But he said, Who made you prince or judge over us? Are you intended to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and said, Surely the matter has become known. My reading this week probably said that the, that the, that the Hebrew that was rescued from the, from the Egyptian, the one that Mo, uh, uh, Moses killed, you know, he went back to wherever he went back to, and he says, let me tell you what happened today. Moses killed this guy. Well, that was <laughs> news around, you know. Well, what did they say? How many people do you have to 
to talk to before it becomes a rumor? That's it. Just one. So he, he told, he told, he says, hey, somebody has killed me. Go back to verse, excuse me, he had killed an Egyptian. Let's go back to chapter 7 uh, of Acts. Let's look at verse 23 there. But when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered his, his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren, I'm getting ahead of myself, let's stop right there. He's striking down the Egyptian. Again, this is Stephen talking. Um, so he grew up in the courts. This tells us as he was approaching 40. Now, 40 has a lot of significance in Scripture, but in Moses' lives, there are three 40s. The 40 he spent in Pharaoh's court, according to this, 40. The 40 he spent on the backside of Midian, which we're going to get there in, in a minute. And the 40 he spent with the wanderings of this bunch of rebellious Israelites. And when he died at 120, Deuteronomy tells us that he was in good shape. Well, I know God had something to do with it because I'm at the second 40 and I'm not in too good a shape. <laughs> anyway, okay. So we had this scenario and he said it's when, when this has happened, he needs to do something. The word's out that he killed this guy and he killed him um, because of, of, uh, of his um, being hard on one of his brothers, the Egyptians. Verse 15. Now when Pharaoh heard this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Okay, look at this map I've given you, and, and if you will, uh, fold it and put it in your Bible because we're going we're gonna to refer to it from time to time. And if you, if you have the little... Uh, softback Bible that that we gave out when we were studying Isaiah. Catherine's got one. Um, this is actually from that. It was it was map two in it. And if you've got maps in your Bible and they're very similar, I'm sure. But but to all be on the same page, if we could look at this one when we go. Okay. First thing I want to point out too on the left hand side, Goshen. And you remember Joseph, when, he's, when he brought the Israelites uh, there, and he says, you are his, at that point, he was just his, his dad and his brothers and their family. He settled them in the land of Goshen. And we talked about that last week a little bit. So you see where Goshen is. And then you see 
you, you're going and down and you see the little dotted line that goes down to Mount Sinai. And that's where we're basically going to stay for the entire book of Exodus. But you see across this gulf of whoever that is there, you see the word Midian. Midian. And this is another one of God's provisions. He, uh, he settled in the land of Midian and he was there 40 years tending sheep. And that came in handy when he went back to get that bunch of Israelites to bring them out because he knew what he was going to be up against. Again, God's going before him in every way possible. So, uh, back to verse, <clears throat> verse uh, 15. He said, He settled in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. Okay, verse 16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs uh, to water their father's flock. <laughs> this is another one of those rat trails that I spent a little time following. How many other people can you think about that the ladies went out and drew water? Rebecca drew water for Isaac. Rachel drew water for Jacob. And here's Zipporah's drawing water for Moses. Why didn't the men draw water? Somebody said, somebody said lazy up here. So anyway, but, but I don't know if it was the, the time, you know, what it was, but it was the lady's job to draw water, especially the young daughters. And I've heard a single girl one day says that, you know, that she was trying to find a bunch of camels to water, you know. <laughs> so maybe she could find a husband if she had drew water for their camels. But anyway, that's, that's a little joke. Let's look at verse 16, and we'll read this. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs uh, to water their father's flock. When the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Now, I, I told you about the Ten Commandments. Well, in the movie scene, it's the shepherds come with a bunch of goats, and she, they've got sheep. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's just, uh, but when they got there, they were watering, but these, Mos these shepherds got in the way and says, we're going to use the water that you've drawn. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock in verse 17. When they came back to rule their father, he said, why have you come back so soon today? Now, Hold your finger at verse 18 and skip down to the first, first verse of chapter 3. Okay. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Okay. Here's a case that we have a lot of times in Scripture. Rule and Jethro are the same person. So don't get thrown away with that. That's like Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb 
or the same mountain. We'll see that as we go through Scripture. So back to verse 18. When they came back to their dead, said, Why have you come back so soon? Verse 19. And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and what's more, he drew the water for us and watered the flock. Now, there's speculation. We don't know why the girls thought that he was Egyptian. It could be his speech. He was, he was fluent in Egyptian. He was fluent in Hebrew. I don't know what these folks spoke, but they could communicate in some manner. Some people suggested it could be what he, his clothes he had on, that the type clothes um, said he was an Egyptian. But at any rate, the girls thought he was a, an Egyptian, and that's what they told their dad. Verse 20, And he said to his daughter, Where is thee then? And why is it that you have left the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat. Hospitality, you know, no good favor deserves another good favor. So he says, he, they've helped you. Why did you leave the man there? Go get him and let him have something to eat with us. So uh, then verse, we make a big leap at verse 21. So Moses was willing to dwell with a man. And he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses. We don't know how long it was between verse 20 and verse 21, but it was a, when he went back to have supper with those folks that night, he stayed. <laughs> he stayed. And uh, Jethro says, I'll give you Zipporah, uh, my daughter, in marriage. Now, she was not a Hebrew. Is that right? Okay. Let's look, look down at Numbers 12, the part that I've got at the bottom of it. It's a story that, that, that Aaron and, and Moses, excuse me, Aaron and Miriam. Human nature has not changed through all these years, and here you have a case of a brother and sister jealous of another sibling. <clears throat> That's what it was. God was doing his own sovereign will through Moses, and his brother and sister get upset. Let's, let's read that. And, and uh, uh, I, I put it all there through verse 10, and then I skip verse uh, 11 and 12 and go to verse 13 and I did that so I could all make it all fit on one page so anyway uh, uh, Numbers 12 <clears throat> then Miriam and Moses spoke against, against Moses because the Cushite woman whom he had married so we go back to this scripture here that <clears throat> he his uh, Jethro gave his daughter to Moses in marriage and so now his sister and his brother are bringing this matter back up before him. Verse 2. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it. 
The Lord heard it. You know, he knows our thoughts. He certainly hears us. Uh, verse verse 4 uh, no verse 3 now the man Moses was very humble more than any man who was on the face of the earth verse 4 suddenly the Lord said to Moses Aaron and Miriam you three come out of the tent of meeting so the three of them came out then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent, and he called Aram and Aaron and Miriam. When they both had come forward, he says, Now hear my words. As Alton Mars would say when he's looked at me, he said, Now listen to me. So he said, Now hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I the Lord shall make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household, and with him I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings. And he behold the form and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous as white as snow. And Aaron turned to Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, O Lord, heal her, I pray. But the Lord said to Moses, seven days and then I'll receive her back so this is just a little side note but it comes back to verse 21 when Zipporah was given to Moses in marriage then let's look at verse 22 then she gave birth to a son she named him he she named him and he named him Gershom for he says I have been a sojourner in a foreign land Okay, let's go back to Acts 7 uh, up there. And that's beginning uh, at verse 24. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he, he de defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptians. And he supposed his brethren understood that God was granting him deliverance through him, but they did not. On the following day, it appeared to them that they were fighting together and tried to console them in peace. Men, you are brethren. Why do you injure one another? But the one who was injured, his neighbor, pushed him away, saying, Who has made you ruler and judge? You, <clears throat> do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday and at this remark Moses fled and became an alien in Midian and became the father of two sons look at the next verse Exodus 7 7 and this is just to get a time frame of of where the, they rank Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Moses so when you go back and you look at the three children that this Levi couple had, Miriam was 
old enough to take instruction and look out for the baby in the in the basket. <clears throat> Probably she was the oldest child. And then we had Aaron who came three years or he was three years old, older than Moses, Moses being the youngest. Okay. Now verse back to verse 23. Now it came about in the course of many days that the king of Egypt died and the sons of Israel sighed because of their bondage and they cried out and their cry for help because of their bondage rose to God. So God heard their groanings that God remembered his covenant between Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw that the sons of Israel and God took notice of them. They went down to Egypt 70 souls and now they've grown into a great nation and we'll pick up their third chapter next week. Yes. It was just one of them. We get a little key to that, Larry, in verse verse 25 of Acts 7. He supposed that his brethren in, understood that was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. So, um, I don't know. But I, I think he identified, well, we know he identified as a Hebrew. Okay? Everybody happy? All right. Father, we thank you for all you are, and we thank you for Scripture and what it means. We thank you that your sovereignty comes through in every page. We thank you for the provisions you made a long time ago and that Moses recorded it, and through the years, we can hold it in our hand and study and see the Lord moving in miracles after miracles and ways after ways. So Father, we thank you. Be with us as we leave this place and we go to the further services. Be with everything that's said, done, sung, prayed, and you get the glory to yourself in everything. We thank you for these sweet people, their love for you and their love for each other and love for this church. So bless us as we go. And we commit this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen.